Hello and welcome to this special bonus episode of Cinema to the Letter. I am Thomas here, uh, one of your hosts that are usually on. Uh, Brian's not on this one just because this is a little bit of an intro to explain what exactly this bonus episode is. Uh, because I realized, you know, we were doing the previous bonus episode, uh, which was announcing the lineup for the upcoming season, and next week on the September 26th, our first episode on Black Sabbath will be coming out. So in that little gap, I decided to put out one of the many recordings I did of uh, one of my panels at Dragon Con this past year, which I've been going for the last several years, particularly doing stuff on the horror track. Shout out to Derek Tatum, who was an unofficial producer of sorts in this episode, and he's the guy that runs the horror track over there at Dragon Con. And uh, basically, uh, this panel is uh, the 2023 in Horror of the Year so far, uh, where it's myself, along with the other panel participants, uh, Crystal Cleveland, who is our moderator, Christopher G. Moore, Hansi Oppenheimer, Aaron Michael Richley, and D.L. Wainwright. All of us were on this panel, which was on September 1st, um, where it's basically us talking about the horror films of 2023 so far, so thank your Megans, your Talk to Me's, you know, all those those big ones and smaller ones as well. And I want to emphasize uh, with this uh, one, um, the audio recording device I used was pretty good, but I would say it's not quite up to the admittingly flawed level of uh, the recording that Brian and I usually do on the show, but you can still hear everybody for the most part. And I did try and bump up the audio a bit for, you know, some of the people who were on the other opposite side of the table, you couldn't quite hear um, in the original recording, so I tried boosting up their audio. And also, uh, near the very end, we talked to some people in the audience, and uh, they asked us questions. And uh, we uh, I had to boost up theirs in particular, and it's a bit harder to make out, but I think you can basically hear what you need to hear for this particular episode. Um, and also, keep in mind that I did uh, six other panels for Dragon Con, and I'll be putting those up over the next, you know, month or two during the spooky season as it were, on our Patreon, patreon.com slash cinema number two letter, where for just one dollar you'll be able to hear a bunch of bonus audio from, you know, all the way back in the double-edged double bill days, as well as uh, the, some of these panels, which will include um, an Evil Dead panel, Yellow Jackets, censorship in classic horror, and vampires in classic horror, so um, I'll be putting those up sporadically over the course of while well, the main season's going on. And, uh, yeah, for just one dollar, you'd be able to hear those. But in the meantime, here is the 2023 in Horror of the Year so far panel recorded live at Dragon Con. Filmmaker, uh, I've uh, made a short film called Backward Creep that we're going to turn into a feature. Um, there's a film called Worst Late Plans, a horror anthology that's currently on the film festival circuit. And I also have an upcoming project called We're Funked, which actually Woo! is set in Atlanta in the 1970s. Uh, and also I do podcasts for Gruesome Magazine as well as Horror News Radio. 
Hello, uh, I'm Thomas Mariani. I am a podcaster as well. I have a podcast called Cinema to the Letter, where we cover a lot of other movies, but uh, we'll be having our second season is horror-focused, coming out in October. Um, and I write some stuff for Film Cred, and uh, I like horror movies. Anyone else here like horror movies? <laughs> a couple of you. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm uh, Aaron Michael Ritchie. I've written uh, 72 uh, books in various genres under various pen names. Um, uh, my latest, like, more horror type of book is called The Cunning Man. It's about a Mormon sorcerer investigating paranormal crimes in Dust Bowl, Utah. Um, I just, me and my co-author, DJ Butler, just finished the third one, and um, I love horror movies. All right, I'm D.L. Wainwright. I haven't written as many books, um, <laughs> but I do have a series of creepy books out. The fourth one just came out last year that has lots of folklore mythology and people getting eaten. Um, and I also was raised on horror movies, watching Freddy when I was in preschool. <laughs> and, you, and you turned out okay. I turned out fine. Because my daughter was watching <laughs> Saw in middle school, and I was just like, is this good? But you yeah. seem like it's, a... It's cathartic. It's yeah. cathartic. It's good. <laughs> I'm Hansi Oppenheimer. Uh, I run screen projects, and um, I'm a documentarian and oral historian, and I've been studying and videotaping interviews with fans for 22 years. And, yeah, it's a little hard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to start off with what everyone really wants to know. What is the scariest film you've seen this year so far? Um, one of my favorite scary movies is Talk to Me. I don't know if it, um, it's one of those films that it brings something different to sort of like those seance type movies but also enwraps it around social media and how like if kids were like uh, instead of getting high they were getting possessed and it's such an interesting concept that I'm surprised nobody's really uh, done before but there's moments in that where my jaw dropped and I was like I didn't know what was going to happen and I think that in itself really kind of creeped me out <laughs> by the end of it so I think that's probably the one that really stands out as something that kind of scared me to where it's like it's almost like when Candyman came out and you refused to say Candyman in front of the mirror several times and I was like I'm not sure if I want to hold that hand and say talk to me <laughs> uh, you know we referenced it earlier I'm just going to say I think the scariest at least the most scared I've been because you know when you're a horror fan you see a lot of horror movies not a lot scares you anymore you want that thrill again uh, got that and I think it's Skinnamarink yeah. I'm going to be real. I think it is Skinnamarink. I know divisive. In fact, I remember I saw it in a theater during its weird theatrical release where most of the audience was clearly hating it. Like, no one was being, no one was being overtly awful, but you could just tell just the, a vibe was just not there. Meanwhile, I'm in the back row. I got, like, a little beanie because I'm in Florida, but it's the one week it's cold. And I was just, like, hiding behind it. Genuinely just terrified me. I don't know. It just got into a certain sort of childhood fear That's right. that just immediately just like, yep, yeah, this is this is terrifying me. I can't I can't handle this right now. Um, yeah, Talk to Me is a is masterpiece, right? It's the best movie well, horror movie I've seen since The Descent. Um, anybody like The Descent? I like it so much I cannot watch The Descent too. I just can't make myself do it. Uh, but like and Talk to Me scared me, right? I had trouble sleeping. Um, Skinnamarink, though, it's and what's funny is about skin. We'll talk more about Skinnamarink, I'm sure. But that th there's a section about 45 minutes in where he pulls away from taking you know long shots of doorways, and um, the parent scene is worth the whole ride. The parent scene, 45 minutes in, just man, I'm getting chills right now. It had that like Lynchian type of like surreal horror. It was awesome. I guess I gotta check out Skinnering. Um, I'd say. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the one that the the only one that's like really affected me this year and is one that I don't usually get affected by horror anymore, but this one really did was Malum. Um, oh, and okay. uh, yeah, it was really good. And I think it it it's like to the point of like how horror what it's supposed to do is supposed to tap into like pre-existing fears and anxieties and stuff. And I think it really did a good job with that and like sort of the use of liminal space and isolation and stuff with it. And it was really good at building anxiety and tension throughout it and stuff. It, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not so sure about scary, but my, my favorite film was I Knock at the Cabin based on Yes. Happened at the end of the world because it was it, you're watching it. You just kept going back and forth. Like, what are they doing? Are they running? It, it was really interesting. It was a great story. Mm -hmm. 
So speaking of talk to me, it definitely deserves to be talked about. I mean, what what is happening when you have two Australian yeah. YouTubers who make this incredible horror film with a completely new mythos, and they did such a great job of teaching about this embalmed ceramic hand. It sounds ridiculous, but I agree that that is definitely one of my favorite movies for this year. So how did they do it? What makes it so compelling? What makes it work? Well, my daughter, like, so my daughter's 18, and um, she was like, we got out of it, and she was like, that's exactly what would happen, right? <laughs> it was, it's just like, they captured that, like, like, that's exactly what would happen if there was, like, paranormal with, you know, social media and the whole thing. And I think, uh, and um, Shelman, Christopher, talked about how it was this, it was so unexpected. Like, I expected kind of the Ouija board tropes, and I expected kind of a normal ride. And when it went far to the left, like, there's a whole dog scene that was oh, just yeah. so disturbing. And I'm like, it, it was like the gloves were off. <laughs> and I didn't know what to expect. And I love that feeling because so much of this is just following the tropes and the cliches. And it was so different. Yeah, and I think... I'm just going to steal the spike over here. Uh, I think another thing is that what works about the initial third of Talk to Me is that it's kind of like, you know, we mentioned the drug metaphor. It's kind of fun initially, right? Yeah. Just mm -hmm. letting, like, the ghost thing happen. Like, that whole montage that happens yeah. is amazing. It's so fun. And then once shit goes bad, it goes real bad. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, and, and it's and I think the way it, the arc of the whole story uh, works perfectly the way it ends. You yes. Know? So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's. I, I will say, as a filmmaker, I'm kind of pissed. <laughs> 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 this is their first feature film out there. Granted, they've been working on YouTube for like years, yeah. and they've kind of worked hard, but they really did a really great job in sort of bringing the scares into place and 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 making you uh, understand the characters but and also just understanding the trauma of what's happening because there's a part you know I mean and I think I, sometimes foreign filmmakers can sort of get away with that more than American filmmakers although yeah. you know uh, but ch children trauma <laughs> stuff happening to kids you're like oh crap this is the <laughs> they're not playing and there's a moment in that where I'm like Oh my God! I, I and I was like literally, oh crap! I, I was and it made me scared for characters that are in a movie. Yeah. And I think when they can suck you in like that, and I think they do really great. I mean, you, you think these two, if you see them on the interview circuit, they're goofballs. Yeah. You know, they're throwing each other around, they're making fun of each other, and they're very humble too. Like, oh man, we thought nobody was gonna like this film, and you know, Jordan Peele and all these people came out to their screening. Oh man, we loved your film. So yeah, I think I think. You have these two people that had they had a really cool idea, a unique idea, and they did a great job of just making it come to life. To where, even though I'm not, sometimes sequels aren't don't work, I'm kind of excited to see what they can do with that concept totally. in I, general. Yeah. I also particularly recommend to speak to that. Just uh, they did an interview where they were interviewed by George Miller, yeah, Mad Max George Miller. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, you, yeah. you know, you've made it as an Australian <laughs> filmmaker when George Miller's like, "You're great." <laughs> you know it. And A24 did already green light a sequel so oh, there will yeah. be another one I don't know where they're going to so, go from here but I'm excited supposedly they shot like a, a screen life thing that's sort of a prequel to yeah. it as well mm -hmm. so they've already got something in the With can <laughs> yeah so yeah they're they're I'm excited to see not only what they do with this project but what they do with other stories as well okay so we kind of briefly touched on this but this year it seems like some filmmakers are taking Risks. Oh, and uh, by risks, I mean, <laughs> uh, I'm talking about experimenting, like Skin and Rink, and if you are familiar with The Outwaters, which is kind of a cosmic, Lovecraftian found footage film, and it's a little wild and it takes you on a trip. So, what are your thoughts on these? I, I will tell you, I'll start off with Skin and Rink. I agree that Skin and Rink was very compelling and very scary. Now, I say this not from a filmmaking aspect, because to be honest with you, I wouldn't know if any of these shots were the way they, if they were supposed to be or not, because you could barely see anything. But it's not the filmmaking that I loved. It's the way that the movie made me feel. I felt uncomfortable. It felt gross. I felt like a kid again, too, when, it was, when you're looking at some of the shots and some of the... TVs or blink, and that, I don't know why that's so terrifying. 
I feel like I didn't have that scary of a childhood, but I was watching The Exorcist at five, so there was clearly something wrong there. So The Outwaters is kind of one of those movies where in the beginning it was a slow burn. I didn't care about the characters, but if you do watch it, the last 20 minutes, I'm not going to give anything away. It's crazy. Well, uh, let me get my negative comments out of the way, <laughs> so other people can talk positively about this. Skinema Rink felt like all the boring parts of a TikTok video, <laughs> and I feel like I feel like I could throw my film, I could throw my camera in the middle of the room and film, and I'd do the same thing they did. So I I, I appreciate them doing something different, but. Uh, and that's the only reason, I think the reason that it even got any kind of theatrical thing is because people were posting little sec seconds of on TikTok and people were like, oh, this is spooky, but seeing a whole thing of just like shooting, <laughs> shooting the corner of the, the ceiling, I, I was like, really, this got a theatrical release? Uh, and I had friends who were like, oh man, I've heard good things about it, and, and I was like, don't go see it. <laughs> but I guess it's to each your own, I'm kind of, ex but that's a subjective nature of horror in general. Outwaters is another... <laughs> About 75% of it is shot through a pinhole. <laughs> if I wanted to watch a movie through a pinhole, I might be in the 1920s, but this is, come on, really? I mean, I understand what they're going for, but you couldn't see anything. And if I want to watch a movie, I want, at least I want to see something. So I, those are the two worst films I've seen <laughs> this year. But as you can see, there's other people who think it's brilliant, and, and I wish I could live in that imaginary world, but... It, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Earth art is subjective. But I don't like this art. <laughs> That's my, and I'll, I'll stop there. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I mean, I said my, my thoughts about Skin and Rink earlier, uh, but, I, you know, I'm going to agree with you on the Outwaters in terms of I respect, like, there's particularly one scene that does technically involve a creature. I'm going to use that as the loosest yeah, yeah. thing possible. Mm. But I thought, like, this is actually interesting for such a low budget, but the problem is that why is that movie two hours long? Yeah. yeah. Why is it two hours long? And it's so nothing to me, unfortunately. Despite some interesting creative filmmaking, I, I was not a fan, but uh, Skin Ring's dope, though. Uh, <laughs> so my, 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 I, know my, I know a movie's not working out with my daughter because the phone comes out, right? It's like, <laughs> like, during Us, she started on her phone, and then she like was like, oh, my God, you know, we might have to turn this off. She was terrified. So with Skinner Marie, about 10 minutes in, the phone came out. And I'm like, oh, Ella, you're checking out on me. And what's interesting is I thought, like, man, this would be a good short film, right? You take the scariest things, have 10 minutes, it'd be a great short film. But the, the, the madness and the genius of it is it is long because it creates exactly what the moderator said, that feeling of horror and terror that you have when you're little, right? And you're in a house and that, that there's this there's this edge between imagination and reality and I remember feeling that where you're just looking up the corner of the room and then things are appearing in your peripheral vi vision and I you know and, and it's late and everyone's asleep and man it captures that and I don't think it could capture that in 10 minutes I think you needed the hour and 45 minutes and I my friend who's gonna hate it I keep telling him yeah, it all comes together in the last five minutes, so just watch it, but it doesn't. Did you say that it doesn't? Oh, no, no, it totally does. The last five, just stick with it for those hour and 40 minutes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, buddy. I didn't watch it yet. I need Have you seen it? Um, Just pieces. I haven't watched the whole thing yet. No problem, no problem. You can't see them all. Like, there's, there's so many... Horror has grown so much. Isn't it awesome? I mean, I can't believe... Okay, so I was actually going to ask a question about what, what should have gotten a theatrical release but didn't... But there was like two movies that I looked at that didn't actually make it into the theaters, and that is amazing. So all of you are the reason why horror yeah. is in the theater, so thank you for that, by the way. Um, okay, are there any horror films that surprised you for this year, either in a positive or negative way. I mean, I will tell you that I knew nothing about Talk To Me going in, and that just, I went, what? What did I just want? Where did this come from? I knew it was by the Rocka Rocka dudes, and I was like, this is going to be not good, but I'm going to go see it because I want, I like bad horror movies, okay? So I'm not always the best judge. Sometimes bad is good, you know? So um, that, 
shocked me. Is there anything? Oh, oh, there is a movie called Freaks versus the Right, and it is an international film, which I know a lot of people probably haven't seen, but it is so beautiful. It has like a Del Toro feel to it, and it's about these circus performers who fight the right. And it's crazy and wild and it's beautiful. So I definitely well, it's yes. no <laughs> 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 uh, um, Well, yeah, yeah, I always agree with that. The Freaks versus, I think it's Freaks versus Third Reich, I think. Um, oh, yeah. Or the Reich. But yeah, it's it's almost like the best Del Toro film that's not, Del Toro didn't direct, because it's a very beautifully shot film. And it's got elements of uh, X Men and all these different things in it, but it's really well done. Um, let's see. Uh, this is a weird thing, but uh, a lot of times when you have horror films, a lot of them are based around social media, and, and Talk to Me is a good example of that. There's a movie called Influencer that I was really surprised at because the social media aspects of it, they really made it believable to where this girl would like steal, would kill people and steal their identities and would AI their face over hers, so she'd be like going out on the beach and would, would AI their face over her and would be raking in money from them and stuff, and it was such a... It's such a really well done um, film that kind of uh, because a lot of times you, when you incorporate any kind of technology, I, I'm like I'm out. It's like this is stupid. This isn't going to work. But that I could believe somebody could do that if you went to some island and, and nobody nobody really cares about you as much, and and, you, and this person keeps doing this to people who come to the island as influencers. Um, so I, I thought that was a really interesting. That kind of stood out to me. That I think I think the cool thing about working for Gruesome Magazine is like I watch movies I probably would not watch on my <laughs> own. Like. And I think with that, I was like, okay, this is surprising. I'm glad that I watched this because otherwise I probably would not have because it just seemed like a cheesy concept. So, um, I will second that on Influencer, particularly uh, the actress Cassandra Noud yes. is amazing, uh, who's the lead of it. Um, but, you know, one that surprised me only because it got so weirdly dumped to theaters was Cobweb. Oh, yes. Did anyone here actually see Cobweb? Yes. I'm curious. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or something, but um, if you don't know, Cobweb is this movie that came out Barbenheimer weekend, yeah. so it was just buried. No one was going to see it. It's a bummer, but basically, uh, it's about this kid who ends up uh, being very ostracized from his peers, and his parents are Anthony Starr from uh, The Boys, and then Lizzie Kaplan from like Party Down, and they play weird, creepy parents who are like, you can't go out, and you got to make sure like you hear stuff in the walls. Don't ask about it. Nothing's there. <laughs> and it's, well, it's just something there. What to say? Uh, but I thought it was very, <laughs> it was very stylish. It was very, especially, it's so weird to come out in the summer because it's a great fall movie. It's set around October, like uh, Halloween, and looks so good. And it had like a real fun vibe. And Lizzie Cavill and Anthony Starr are perfect. Yes. It's like oh, weird, wow. awful parents um, that are uh, tremendous. I, I would definitely recommend, if no one's seen that, most of you haven't. Uh, that's, that's a really good one. It surprised me a lot. Now, was this as creepy as Mom and Dad with the uh, Nicolas Cage? No. no. That was one of my daughter's favorite movies. Which I don't know if that's about my parenting. What's of an action vibe, but yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of shying away from sequels and kind of franchises. Because I want to see like the more of the skin and rink, more of the stuff that takes chances. But I was pleasantly surprised with Evil Dead Rise. Now, I have a question. Who is for CGI blood? I really like it a lot, right? I really like it a lot. I've been kind of waiting for CGI gore, and so I think it's only going to get better. Um, but there was one scene with the cheese. Now, my daughter, she's seen the human centipede, and she loves Saw movies and the wrong turn movies, even the bad ones. Arguably, they're all bad, but you know, except for the second one, which is a cinematic masterpiece. Um, so I'm sitting in the theater, and there's the cheese grater scene, and my daughter shudders, and I'm like, fuck it. Oh. I'm like, I'm like, heck yeah, this movie, it was so uncomfortable and gory, and it just went there, and I was just like, man, I, I was very pleasantly surprised. So actually, I was pleasantly surprised by Megan, because to be honest, I thought I would hate it. Like, I thought when I saw all the previews that it looked really silly, and um, I... It was actually was pretty good. It was pretty good, and I like the. Uh, so I fully admit that I also like the the remake of of Chucky that came out like yes. a few years ago, and I found it interesting the like 
looking at Megan and that remake of Chucky, where like the, the remake, the Child's Play one, was very much children raising an AI, and then Megan was an AI raising the child and stuff. And I thought it was uh, really interesting, because again, tapping into fears and anxieties and about like what, you know, all of this social media and kids like, basically being raised on the internet and stuff like that, like what is that going to do to them kind of thing. So it played on that. Um, so yeah, and the only really silly element, the really silly scene in Megan, like where she chases the kid in the, the, the woods, I was able to kind of work that in my head by being like, it's okay because she has access to the internet and I feel like yes. she just thought like, saw what would be the creepiest way to go after this kid. That would, that would freak him out the most and that's why she did. <laughs> so if you think of it like that. Also, I believe we're mispronouncing the title. Per the posters, it's M3-ian. Oh, sorry. Right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Soft G. <laughs> I really love Brooklyn 45. Yeah, very good. I was interviewing him once, and I put a finger to pause because there's a motorcycle going by. And he's like, I'm natural noise. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But, um... Brooklyn 45, it's like, it's a really interesting story that just yeah. keeps, like, switching around. Like, you're like, what the hell is going on here, you know? And it's on Shudder. Yes. Uh, what is this one called again? Uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn 45 on Shudder. Yeah. 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 One of the guys' wife had been suicide because she thought it was not to living next door. And this guy went to do a seance. And they were still super interesting. Mm. Maybe don't watch it at all. <laughs> so any visual special effects you think deserve um, I thought the creature in Last Voyage of Demeter was a really cool new vampire that actually had a guy in a creature suit. Even though there's a little bit of CGI in places, I think, again, uh, I kind of miss a scary Dracula. Yeah. You know, I think we've always romanticized it, but it's good that we sort of get back to those basics. Um, Actually, one film we didn't talk about. There's a Argentinian film called Legions, which oh, is yeah. very. It's it's uh, actually Evil Dead. It definitely is a big impression on it. There's a part with a, a ripping off a jaw off. That's like oh. Oh. jaw dropping. Mm -hmm. Part of the fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, also, one of my favorites. I, I don't know if it's considered coming out in 20. I came out. I guess it came out in a video 2023. Is Mad Heidi? Did it come out? Oh this? yes. Okay. There's a film called Mid Heidi that's called Swiss Flotation. And it is ridiculous. It's like the Heidi from like the Swiss movies or whatever, but she's going against like these versions of the Nazis, except they're all about against people who are lactose intolerant. And they make, if, you, if you can't eat cheese, they'll kill you. And Casper Van Dion is like the, the Hitler of the cheese industry. It's it is it's ridiculous. They they waterboard people and like. Hot cheese and so, and then the gourd is crazy and it goes off it goes really bonkers and if you like exploitation type films that is it's, it's so ridiculous fun. Well, yoga hosers had the brazzies. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, I think there was a fair amount of like ones where even I don't love necessarily a cup some of these movies, but I think I thought um, a lot of the makeup in particular was really well done, like Renfield. Oh yeah. yeah. Not a movie I loved, but particularly like Cage. Um, in his like rehealing vampire state, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think is like such incredible like gory effects work, um, or even um, the movie Kids vs Aliens, which is yeah, on Shutter, oh. which is from one. the guy who made Hubo with a shotgun. Um, I think it's a lot of tremendous gory 
practical effects. And you know, even we mentioned uh, Evil Dead Rise earlier. Um, I think it's a great mix of stylized CG gore, which is what I prefer mm. if you're gonna do it, um, and then great practical makeup effects in that one. Yeah, nothing comes to mind except, um, and I was super disappointed in this movie, is uh, Winnie the Pooh. Like, <laughs> I, 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 they, it's such a weird... That's an example of, I wish the writers of Cocaine Bear would have <laughs> yeah, yeah, done, because Blood and Honey sh could have started a whole franchise, and it's not, because it's so bad. I mean, it's Although so bad. they do bad. with the But I was going to say, uh, I watched... <laughs> I prepared for the panel, and I was like, my parents wanted to watch a movie, and my dad, for some reason, wanted to watch Winnie the Pooh. And so I watched that with my parents. I don't recommend it. And they they hated the practical effects. They were like, we made fun of Piglet and Pooh the whole time. And uh, But I kind of liked it. I think they you know they did it cheap, and I thought it was cool. And I mean, there were so many elements to that movie that it could have been. It could have been so good. Well, what was the one they did like a year or two ago, and it was another like Murray Croft kind of character, oh. and they tried to do a horror movie, and it didn't Banana really Splits, I think, they did that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I guess I'll just say Malum again. I believe that, like, it was mostly, if not all, like, practical effects, and I feel like they did a pretty good job with it. You're saying no? I, I'm saying I got to see it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like, so, and I think that's, that's part of what made it feel very, very real and very visceral, is that it, it it kept it very like practical. I like practical effects. Sorry. Nothing stood out to me as you know spectacular effects this year. It wasn't something I was looking for. You know, it's, it's been a weird year. It has yeah. been a weird year. So we all know that Nicolas Cage has been dying to play Dracula. And he did. He finally got his wish with Renfield. Yeah. Okay. So I am a key. I loved the movie. I thought it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was fabulous. I know it, it's kind of divisive though too, because I've heard some people that just flat out did not like the film. I mean, they did Yeah. Yeah. It, so it definitely has. Yeah. It, I I loved it. What about? What are y'all thoughts? Did you, I mean, I think Nicholas Cage was awesome. I mean, he was just that perfect blend. Actually. He was so evil with what he did, but I still liked him. And, you know, like, to play a horrible villain that you still root for is really hard. You know, originally uh, James Wan wanted him for the Castlevania movie. He was around for a while, so so finally he got to play Dracula. Um, I think if you follow any of my social media, <laughs> Evil Dead Rise is, like, my favorite horror film of the year. I think Lily Sullivan embodying that Deadeye energy uh, I thought she just, I mean, just, just <laughs> mommies with the maggots now. I mean, just, just the way she delivers her lines and uh, just the physicality and stuff in that role, I thought was amazing. And I think without that, the film wouldn't have been as impactful. I mean, all, I think all the cast was great in it. Um, and also the, the younger brother and Talk to Me. <laughs> it's like, yeah. that was a pretty powerful role when it comes to roles in movies. Uh, just to address the Renfield of it all, I clearly <laughs> respect and love the work of Nicolas Cage, and if anything, I wish he was maybe in more of that movie Thank than you. he is. Yes. I think it's uh, a big problem with it. But I will say, in terms of just one word, I don't know if I'm going to win over any fans with this, but um, <laughs> The Pope's Exorcist isn't a good movie. I agree. <laughs> but Russell Crowe is kind of amazing in The Pope's Exorcist. Yeah, Because yeah, 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 like yeah. Russell Crowe, is, obviously we all know from like Gladiator, Academy Award winner, I kind of love now that he's just into doing like weird trash, yeah. <laughs> and Pope's Exorcist is weird trash. Yeah. Like he took what is like could be just a plain possession movie, and he becomes this weird like Italian cardinal guy. Thomas Mariani, I love bad Italian accents. <laughs> it's so fun to see him just like blessing people and on his little Vespa. <laughs> it's so <laughs> dumb, but I love him. He's amazing. <laughs> Did you want to comment on Renfield? Like, point-counterpoint? Hate it. <laughs> no, I just, like, the, the whole side story of, you know, the guy oh. who's, like, N.A. and, like, familiar. It's just, like, Oh. Yeah, the, the sort of drug dealing supply, I agree. It's a weird thing. It's like a 90s comedy now where we have to have a drug dealer supply. <laughs> I, I, I just, 
it just went off in a weird direction that I didn't care for, you know. Yeah. And um, Nicholas Cage has done so many cool, like I like mm-hmm. the what's is it the a night at Willy Wonka's? Or oh, Willy's Wonderland. Willy's Wonderland. Willy's Wonderland. Wonderland. I, love that. I mean, he's done so many good low budget ish horror movies, but that wasn't one <laughs> for me. Uh, I want to see Willy's Wonderland 2 where ni- all Nicolas Cage does is clean. Yeah. That's all I, that's all I really want to see. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm on board, but I like Skin Ring. Um, <laughs> Renfield was, now, again, you know, my daughter got the phone out and she's like, well, this isn't horror. Um, uh, I like the action. I like the, I like the comedy. I like the support group meetings. Um, the dark moment of that movie was for me, very dark, and I'm like, wow, that's hardcore. And I liked how the Deus Ex back and how they kind of clean it up real quick. Um, uh, two things. One, the actor who played John Raphael yeah. from Parks and Rec, I wish he were in every movie um, <laughs> as John Raphael. And then Aquafina. Oh, I yeah. think Aquafina should be in every movie because I yeah. love Aquafina so much. And it was like, and it was it me or did Nicolas Cage's accent kind of go in and out? Oh, it was kind of like... Does it matter? It, and it didn't matter. It just didn't matter because he was chewing the scenery so deliciously. I'm like, I'm on board, man. Yeah. And, the, and the lead... The main character, the guy who played Brentfield, did Nicholas such, Holtz, yeah. He did such a good job. It was really a good, and that's one of the things I think was especially, and it's hard to do, is create characters that you love. And I think that's where Blood and Honey, you know, missed the boat. And that's why Talk to Me was so good, is that they spent so much time creating these characters that when they were in peril, you're like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Yeah, I mean, I guess I will say that I, I think the, the standout performances for me would have been uh, the ones in um, the Evil Dead Rise. I think all of the actors mm-hmm. in that did a good job. All of the kids did a great job. Uh, and, like, I felt so bad for the son whenever he realized, like, it was his fault, spoiler alert, um, that, like, uh, the stuff happened, like, like, it broke my heart and stuff. I think they did, a, and, and that's what makes it, like, so impactful and stuff is that you really start to, like, feel for all of those characters. And so it's good to have effective actors for it. Okay, so I do have to point out one thing to sure. I love okay. the movie. Okay, but Nicholas and Aquafina didn't have the best chemistry. As far as that okay. goes, that was my one I can see that. thing where I was like, and she's fab. She's so funny. I think Nicholas did a great job, but he just couldn't like feel them together. Yeah. Um, okay, so <laughs> in terms of like horror trends, like, let's be real, we don't see as many zombie movies, thankfully, as we used to. Do you... I, I actually was going through all of the movies, and I was looking, and I was like, it's all over the place. Do you see any horror trends? I mean, I'm glad we're finally seeing vampire movies again. You know, but do you see any dying trends? Do you see any upcoming trends? I'm seeing, movies? like, a lot of diversity trends. I yes. really like, like, the blackening. Yeah, and, um, the blackening yep. great. Yeah. Uh, the Van Grief Black Girl <laughs> and her monster. Yes. I mean, both have a really interesting films. Um, and so I'm, I'm happy that we're seeing you know, other people's points of view in horror <coughs> and you know, them referencing horror history about it. You know, so I thought that was well done. Um, something I found interesting is the fact that I think this is sort of, I guess, is more of a counter to like what Hollywood has been having an, an issue with like this summer was like a devastating summer in terms of box office. Mm-hmm. Like so many massive giant flops. The horror franchises did really well. Yes. Like Insidious uh, Chapter 2, even The Meg 2 was doing fine. Uh, Evil Dead Rise, Scream 6, like all pretty solid hits. So I think if anything, it's just that audiences can be more invested in like a ongoing horror franchise because that's just there's more of a charm to that, I think, as opposed to like having a big cinematic universe with all your superheroes versus like, I don't know, Ghostface is back. Let's see what Ghostface is doing now. Who is Ghostface now? Let's see how that goes. Or even Evil Dead Rise. Like, I, I like the idea of them continuing just like Evil Dead and a blank Deadites in some other location. I think they found sort of like a new avenue for what they could do with that franchise. And even like Insidious, it's just like, there's that Darth Maul guy again. We all love seeing him. He pops up behind Patrick Wilson. We all love him. And he, I honestly say also, Patrick Wilson, pretty solid directorial debut with yeah. that movie. I would like to see him do more horror movies. Good, yeah. Yes, yeah. Okay, so I'm wondering, like, with 
there's new, there's more female directors. That's also part of it as well. And Definitely, and female you know, writer, producer, directors. I see a lot of it changes the film so much. Mm -hmm. Their characters are so so differently written. So I know Christopher kind of addressed this. Do you do do you think there's any standout performances? Oh. Um, <laughs> as far as like not not Renfield related, like I feel like I agree with him. Talk to me, the female the female from is it Sophie Wilde? Isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. It was amazing. I think she's a starlet. I think she is a star. I think she's one to be watched. I think, of course, Evil Dead Rise. I think the entire cast was phenomenal. Of yeah. That is there is there someone else like okay so I think. Nicholas did a great job. Obviously, Nick Cage was better, but like, is there anything that you can think of that was like something that just blew your mind? Uh, well, I think this is just part of more of like her just dominating horror ever since like even you know the last couple months or so. But uh, you know, uh, with Infinity Pool, um, oh. Gavin. Um, oh God, I just forgot Pearl. Just what's her name? Mia Goth. Thank you, everyone. Yes, Mia Goth tremendous in that movie even like as much as I had issues with uh, that's not my favorite I, I loved uh, the previous one he did um, but uh, with Randy Cronenberg but this one I thought he the whole sequence yes Possessor great but uh, the whole sequence where you've got um, Mia Goth just like confronting him and getting him off the bus and she's just screaming at him and she's like reading bad reviews of his book while he's like God, walking naked on the road and stuff like that. Tremendous performance from her. What just are you doing, your... Jane? <laughs> Jane? Jane? Just the way she enunciates it just makes me laugh. So good. Yeah, and I, 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 uh, I'm I, a big fan of David Cronenberg and I haven't seen yeah. Possessor so I really want to see Infinity Pool. And the movie kind of lost me because it was like, oh, we hate rich people. Um, but not like the menu, that which was amazing. <laughs> but that scene where she's re I, as an author, that was so great. I was howling laughter, and it made the whole ride worth it when she's like reading his bad reviews. It was so <laughs> great. It was so awesome. The uh, the Legos and Skinnamarink? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wonderful performances. Well, so so I could ask about cinematography, and I know you love the cinematography in Skinnamarink. But so some of my favorite moments with cinematography was Evil Dead Rise, the homage to like The Shining, yeah, yeah. with the elevator. I do, I and this is what trips me out about talk to me. I know I keep talking about talk to me. I'm kind of sick of saying it, but the cinematography was so good. Like it's it's just good, y'all. Like can you think of anything that stood up other than? Oh, you know? oh yeah. I mean the way so Bo is Afraid is a complicated oh. movie. Um, but the way it was put together was just masterful. Uh, Tom, before the panel started, Tom mentioned something about um, Bo is Afraid is a three-hour anxiety nightmare. <laughs> and the way it starts, in like it's like this worst-case scenario. And like my daughter suffers from anxiety, and it captures how she sees the world. And I thought it was just, I mean, I had problems with the movie. Um, but the way it was shot and the way it was put together was just, especially that first initial um, sequence, like, like half of the first half hour, um, was just, he really got a sense of this guy had this crippling anxiety. And like, it was so well done. Yeah, just to, just to piggyback on that, uh, Bo is Afraid is my favorite movie of the year, regardless of horror or not. I think it's, it's arguably one that a lot of people say, this is a horror movie. It feels wow. intense. It is so massively intense, but I think it's a tremendously, I think, made movie. It, the way I describe it is it feels kind of like not just a three-hour anxiety dream, but also like a three-hour epic version of a thing you'd see at 3 a.m. on Adult Swim. Just like a weird thing that's like... Did someone allow this to happen? <laughs> and I think it, it's a tremendously weird experiment that I, uh, it's not for everybody, but I, I, I truly love it. <laughs> Did you like it, Christopher? <laughs> what, am I, am I the go-to guy for person who hates? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm curious. I, as someone that has anxiety, I don't have to watch that movie for him, <laughs> especially if it's three hours long. Not uh, I do appreciate the testicle monster that pops oh up. Oh my god! But other than that, uh, it just felt it felt like uh, I love Hereditary. I love Midsommar. Oh, it god. felt like oh no, I can do whatever I want, and then they can't do anything about it. And it just felt like very just 
full of himself, you know, and, and it felt like I could get away with this as opposed to it actually being something. So I appreciate him getting away with it because there's some bonkers stuff that happens in it. But I did not. I think my favorite moment is the people sitting back next to me. It's like, what the f did I just watch? <laughs> and that made me laugh so hard. That was the most entertaining part of the movie was the people in the theater. I do not like it, but I I can appreciate it. <laughs> but I will never watch it again. <laughs> okay, so what are your must-watch and maybe you should have movies for this year? You know, uh, one thing I do want to mention, and we haven't really covered it, is there's a lot of great horror documentaries that have come out this year. Oh, yeah. There's uh, Living with Chucky, mm -hmm. um, King on Screen, Hollywood Dreams and Nightmares. There's even one that dropped on Shutter called uh, Shark Exploitation. Oh, yeah. Um, they really do a great job of, of deep dives in these different subjects and taking different ways of telling stories about it. And... Uh, and I really enjoyed that, you know. I mean, it's even like the Hollywood Dreams and Nightmares about Robert England. They they cover stuff. They do cover stuff you normally see on behind the scenes stuff. There's a lot of stories I hadn't heard, and how they tell the story using animation and stuff. It's really thought out and and really fun to watch. Um, let's see, what is um, I think we covered a lot of this stuff. I did enjoy Kids versus Aliens. Yeah. Yes. Even though it is that kind of low budget sort of. Charles Bandish way it goes about it, but I enjoy that. Um, a Sisu, which is kind of oh. hard yeah, adjacent, yes. uh, yeah. but it's more like there's some bonkers stuff he does to people, and that that Jason would be would be <laughs> envious of. Uh, I think if Ralph and Becky's on here, that Sisu could be yeah. on well, there. Well, 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 I'm saying yeah, yeah. and I, if yeah. and Becky's another one. If yeah. you've seen Becky, Ralph and Becky takes it to another level, and, and that actress that plays that, I just want to see Becky movie from this point on. Yeah. Beck harder or whatever. They want Beck to harder. Uh, but yeah, there's a few other things. Okay, so what about your canvas or oh, upcoming? Okay, yeah. gotcha. You mean upcoming movies? No, no, no. What, okay. you can't, what you can't miss and what you maybe should pass on. Like I said. I think I mentioned a few things you could pass on. <laughs> I don't want to reiterate that uh, to be totally negative. I don't know. I, I don't want to crap on any more movies. <laughs> I will say, please pass, Gunnar Marika. No, you know what? I will, you know what? I will not say. As a filmmaker, watch it. Make your own opinion about it. Don't. Listen yeah. to my shit, because uh, I, I have my own opinions. And yeah. Art is very subjective. Watch it, and then if you hate it, say, Chris, you were right. <laughs> but go watch, But then, or if you love it, like, Chris, you, you're an SOB. I'm never going to listen to you again. So anyway, go watch it, because art is subjective. You never know what you might like and what you don't like. But uh, I won't crap on any other movies. Um, you know, I mean, one we haven't mentioned yet uh, that I thought was uh, a lot of fun, I think it's just because it's on Peacock where not a lot of people would see it, is uh, Sick. Oh, that was great. Which is, yeah. if you don't know, it's the Kevin Williamson who wrote Scream, his recent oh, uh, no. COVID yeah. uh, sort of slasher movie that has, if nothing else, I think some of the best stunt work I've seen in a horror movie. There's like huge, like the first, I don't know, yeah. middle 30 minutes is a chase. It's a straight up just like giant chase between like the killer and one of the victims. And I think it's a tremendous like example of like action filmmaking in a horror movie. Um, and you know, I don't know if it's missed, but one that kinda of disappointed me because I think it had all the ingredients and it didn't quite work for me was We Have a Ghost. The Netflix David Harbour movie. I think there's a lot of fun stuff in it. I don't hate it totally, but I think it's just it's too long and it has like the Netflix overdevelopment problem for me, which is a bummer because it could be like there's elements that make you feel like this could be like a fun entry level horror comedy. It just isn't quite there for me. Uh, top three definitely was Talk to Me, Skin Marink, and Cocaine Bear. Um, <laughs> uh, lowest on the list was Skin Marink and uh, Blood and Honey. Um, and but I, I, if if you like Ari Aster, Bo is afraid is self indulgent, right? It's three hours, and it is, it is, it's, it's that surreal horror. Um, and if you like that kind of surreal horror, and if you want to watch something that does not play by the rules, I would I would recommend Bo is Afraid, even though it's gonna it's it's an interesting it's an interesting ride. All right, well obviously Malin, but I uh, uh, <laughs> unwelcome. I don't uh, know if anybody knows that it's, yeah. So, it's yeah, familiar, it's more yeah. like kind of a. a fun folk horror-y kind of one uh, that uh, has, um, they call them 
red caps, but it's actually the the spires uh, It's uh, the Irish kind of version of that. Um, but uh, I, it they are they are kind of yeah, the sheet. Yeah, but the spires is the the red man, um, which is their version of the red caps. But anyway, I I, I, I digress. <laughs> um, if you like sort of more of like the uh, 80s, early 90s kind of like uh, little creature horror things like uh, uh, Critters and Gremlins, then that would be right up your alley. It was it was a fun ride. The ending's a little weird, but it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, People Dead Ride is definitely worth seeing. Um, I have feelings about it, but my thoughts about it is it's a really, really great horror film. I, I, it's not part canon, but <laughs> um, Run Rabbit Run I really enjoyed and that was written and directed by women's women so go see it <laughs> um, yeah Infinity Pool I just thought was pretentious crap <laughs> <laughs> Cocaine Bear was hilarious <laughs> I tried to watch Cocaine Shark um, mm. for all of you <laughs> and Believe me, you owe me. <laughs> it was horrible. But I did find one really great on Tubi that's called Terratrip. And I found it by posting on Twitter. I was doing this panel, and did anybody have it? A free movie I could see that was released in 2023. And from the credit on, they start making horror jokes. And they're in horror jokes. They're like, they get it. You know? So I was like, in from the credits on at um, Terratrip. It's on TV, and I wrote to the director and I said, "You had me at the credits." <laughs> you know, and it's really worth it. Okay, so Evil Dead Rise, obviously influencer, yes, freaks versus the right, cobweb, but going to cobweb, not knowing anything. I think it's going to be better. I, I always worry because I truly think that watching movies depends on your expectation, oh, and if you, yeah, if you have low expectations, it's always going to end up being better. Yeah. So. I don't want to pump anything up too much and ruin it for you. Things to avoid. Lord. I, uh, I kind of agree. I love Brandon Cronenberg. I, I mean, I love Pops, too, but I was not a fan of Infinity Pool, so I kind of have to agree with that. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I mean, it's all it's all good. I could find something good with every song. So, okay, so what is, after this, we're going to do questions, so think if you have any questions. What is one upcoming horror movie that you are looking forward to seeing? For me, it's The Exorcist Believer. I'm excited about that one. <laughs> There's a movie called Slother House. It's like yeah. it's a slasher with a sloth. Yeah. <laughs> so you thought zombies are slow? Well, uh, but the, the trailer they released actually looks like it's really good, and I, I'm most excited about that. So uh, yeah, so I hope they put it in the theater. I'd love to see it in the theater. But yeah, it's a yeah, another killer animal film. But yeah, that's probably what I'm most excited about. <laughs> um. You know, this might be, some may argue if this is considered horror or not, but I'm very curious because I just recently found out this was happening. The new uh, Toho Godzilla movie, oh, Godzilla yeah. Minus yeah. One, yeah. I am very curious about, especially because if you don't know, it takes place like in the immediate aftermath of World War II uh, in Japan. So I'm very curious to see how that goes. And it's funny because I love, uh, Shin Godzilla is fascinating. Yeah. Yes. as a movie and I just I love you know I got into the Godzilla movies over the pandemic in particular I'm like I need a new Toho one very fascinating to see how that goes so I said before I'm not like up on I'm not like big on franchises or sequels however I am very after Spiral saw Spiral yeah, which disappointed me <laughs> so much um, it's great we have we have you want diverse opinions on the panel um <laughs> I am very excited for Saw 10. So, I'm very excited for Saw 10. I didn't realize there was going to be a new VHS until it was on yeah. the yeah. So I'm excited about that. I like VHS. So, VHS 85. Okay. <laughs> Um, Jeff really Reddick, um, and uh, I'm 
I'm associate producer and I was in a bunch of the scenes, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, what I was the title of that one? What's the title? Oh no, uh, New Fears Eve. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> oh, New Fears Eve. New yeah. Fears Eve. Yeah, that's a great yeah, title. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, Dave Sheridan is our dick boss who fires us all without bonuses on Christmas, and then has a Christmas party, and of course, kids get hacked. Because <laughs> I was there while they were doing like the special effects, you know, the tubes and the latex. That was the first time I was ever like able to watch them doing that. It was in Vietnam. And I can actually say from experience, that they do spend more money on porn than they do on porn. <laughs> <laughs> the budgeting is higher for porn. <laughs> So, are there any questions for us? Okay, yep. Um, look, I was thinking of Boogeyman, and I was wondering what oh, your favorite and least favorite book I cannot believe I none of us mentioned Boogeyman. Love Stephen King. Um, okay, I'm sorry. What was the question point part of it? Oh my God. <laughs> favorite and least favorite book adaptation? Oh, from the series. Yeah. Well, uh, Anaka the Cabin is you know, an adaptation of Paul Tremblay's books, and it's. It's really good. I mean, M. Night captures it really nicely. Yeah, I gotta say, I... It can be kind of... Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I read the book as part of, like, a book club thing in anticipation of Knock at the Cabin, and it's especially interesting given just M. Night doesn't adapt things, really, aside no. from, like, The Last Airbender, or, um... Oh! <laughs> or oh, Old, old which was actually based on a comic <laughs> book. Um, right, right, but... But, um, yeah, I, I found, especially, if nothing else, we somehow missed over him when we talked about performances. Batista... And knock oh, at the yeah, cabin with his little off. tiny glasses. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so good. Yeah. So I mean, it doesn't have to be from this year, right? I obviously I love Misery. That was, yeah, that, that was my favorite. That's one of my favorite. Oh, Stephen King, King adaptation. Very good yeah, Stephen King adaptation. Like, yes. I just, and worst? Oh God, I don't know. I don't know what my worst would be. <clears throat> I'm in Lisey's uh, story. Standing behind Clive Owen, I kept trying to get my hair to good one up. Which is just like this, but it's red. And they, every time makeup went by, they kept trying to smooth my hair. And then still, like, you see Clive, oh, Clive Owen, and like right. behind me is this orange. Um, the Science of Lambs, I think, is a better movie than the book. I think it's one of those things that takes elements from the book and does something different with it. So, yeah, I, to I me, that's think. a really good adaptation. And the show too. It's an even yeah, Hannibal show as well. Yes. Did you like the Boogeyman? Was that because oh. I was iffy on it because I loved the story so much. It's and not okay. Okay. Was it scary? Because oh. <laughs> the book scared the book, the short story in Night Shift scared the Jojos out of me. So the Jojos. Try to try to keep the the language. Yeah, I had logic issues with a lot of stuff. <laughs> it kind of falls apart by the end for me. But uh, although I thought the trailer was, this, I thought the trailer was very effective in creating something scary. It's it's kind of sad when the trailer is scarier than the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but I, my favorite adaptation is The Shining. It's so different, I think it's better. It's scary. That's a good controversial answer. I like it. I mean, how many people have not said, I am the caretaker? I mean, we've all said that at some point in our life. I'm the caretaker. Right. You've always been the caretaker. Any more questions? Oh, okay. Okay, I'll start. Speaking of adaptations, it's like I think me and Christopher are going to redo Skinnamarink together. <laughs> I would like to see a, I would like to see Skinnamarink 2, but with more of a story. <laughs> did, you, did you bring up my mentioning of Malum because you think that you should re remake Malum? Because I do think she liked Last Ship. I like Last Ship. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, no. Oh, is that a remake of Last Ship? Yeah, it's a remake of Last Ship. I don't know why it didn't occur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, I can see that. Yeah. Um, but uh, all right, fair point then. Okay. <laughs> Although I will say that I, if I if I could remake Malum, I guess which is already a remake, I would just tweak the ending of it and maybe not show the actual Malum because I felt like that was the most disappointing aspect of the movie. Um, but well, not to spoil. I don't know. I don't know if this is quite like a um, a remake thing, but just with um, 
spoilers for the, the Pope's Exorcist. Um, the Pope's Exorcist ends with a promise of like, we have 99 more exorcisms you have to do, Russell Crowe and Buddy. So I just want any of the various bad exorcist movies that come out. There's even one like last October that was pretty terrible. I forgot the name of it, but um, just do it again with Russell Crowe. Yeah. Take any of those terrible exorcist movies and do it with Russell Crowe. For the Crow. next 99 years. Yes. Like 99 sequels. I would totally be cool. Did you have questions? Yeah, I did. So, you guys mentioned Zombie movies kind of a little bit. What are your thoughts on like, Army of the Dead, Army of... Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, see, Christopher has I'm going to be quiet over here. Right, no, no, you got thoughts. You better say something, because... <laughs> it, it's... The whole film was shot, like, you know that mode where you can make your background... <laughs> focus out. The whole film is shot like that. I, I hate it on it. Including a dead pixel. Yeah, I, and I, I, thoroughly, I thoroughly hated that film. I mean, I, I like early Zack Snyder stuff, but I think he's also at that level where he thinks he can just do whatever. And yeah. He gets a huge fan base. And, but I really, and I was kind of excited to see it when I saw it. I was like, man, what is going on here? I, uh, yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Some of those fire things. I feel like that can only be like, I like Whatever blow they have to do, I mean, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I think sometimes it's style over. Oh, children are the children. It was actually better. Overdone, like, the story. There's no way. It could get any worse. Yeah. What about you, Thomas? Do you have any thoughts on that? You like Army of the Dead? Uh, I love talking about Zack Snyder in front of a bunch of geeks. Um, <laughs> no, no. I think, um, I mean, you know, Dawn of the Dead, his remake, I think, is a genuinely really solid yeah, that's reimagining of the, yeah. the concept. And there are bits of Army of the Dead I like, even though, like, you're going to have, oh, it's Las Vegas. All the residencies in Vegas... We could have, like, I don't know, uh, like, David Blaine has to fight zombies. Some, like, take advantage of your setting a bit better, I would argue. Zombie freak. <laughs> Chris, Angel. Chris Angel zombie, zombie freak. freak. Somebody make that. I'm going to make that one. <laughs> Any other questions? Yes? So, um, You know, um, I'm good. <laughs> Chucky's really good. I'm gonna say, you know what? Um, in terms of uh, the trends all the kids like on your TikToks, um, the Grimace Shake meme was genuinely great for like horror parody stuff. Honestly, it I, I just one of those great things. Like, you know what? Sure, keep doing this. The kids are all right. They're doing Grimace Shake memes. I'm all good with it. <laughs> what we do in the shadows. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a horror comedy, but uh, they do crazy stuff on there that just blows my mind they're able to get away with it. And Yellow Jackets, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yellow Jackets? Yeah. Yellow Jackets freaks me out, man. The, the way they do that show is just wrong. Oh, there's one on MGM Plus. It's called From. Oh. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Okay, see, I really liked it, too. I don't know if many people have seen it. Yes. Yeah, see, there, so that's a... We're going to talk at dinner. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. Like, y'all, I can talk forever about this. So that's why I'm like, well, what's my favorite one? From is one I'd recommend because it's of a smaller audience, and I wanted to keep being made, although with the strike, who knows. But, yeah, I'd recommend that. So it's a non-movie non horror stuff, right? Yeah. So do books count? Okay, so... The book that I read came out last year, but there's going to be no one coming out in October of this year by the same author. So the book I read la uh, that came out last year was The Honeys by uh, Ryan LaSala. Um, really good, beautifully written, um, nice and creepy, and it's got some good body horror. Uh, his uh, new book that's coming out in October is going to be Beholder. Um, and so I'm really excited about that. So I would definitely say keep an eye out for The Beholder. <laughs> get it? Do you get it? Cause eye of the Beholder. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's all we have time for. Uh, and actually, we're going to have to clear out of the room. But if you want to come back to the next panel, it's the release of the back panel. So that's what's next. And thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you for coming. Have